we ran another poll in the Flat Chat website. Oh, yeah? What was that about? I gave people a list of the 10 things that annoys them most about their neighbours. That oh, yeah. assumes that... They are annoyed about They neighbors. are annoyed about something. <laughs> Actually, one of the options was all of the above. Oh, no. And another one was none of the above. Okay, how many people said tick none of the above? None. Oh, dear. <laughs> so 60 people have... Uh, Responded. Oh, yeah. Which is pretty good, actually. Yeah, that's good enough. And they can't respond more than once because mm. the program takes a record of their IP address. Okay. So these are 60 different people. Do you want to guess what the biggest complaint is about? Um, would it be parking or pets? Well, the biggest surprise is that barking dogs is not even in the top three. Oh, good. Okay. The biggest complaint, the most common complaint, is about people smoking on their balconies. Ah, oh, and then smoke drift into... Yeah, yeah and then the next two after that. But, you know, like, I don't see anybody smoking anymore. Because we live in a trendy building. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because you just don't see many people smoking on the street even, really. I mean, you see a few young people vaping. That's because we live in a trendy okay. area. Okay, all right <laughs> okay. then, fine. <laughs> but you were very close the next two complaints, one was about people using visitor parking as their own personal their own parking, personal parking mm-hmm. space. And then people parking in the lot owners or renters parking space. Oh, God, really? Yeah. So people are just parking mad. Ha <laughs> ha. <laughs> so today, what have we got in the podcast? Um, I think we're talking about Chris Minns, are we? Oh, Chris Minns' war on NIMBYs. Mm. Chris... Nimby Min. <laughs> that didn't work. <laughs> no, not at all. Uh, and what is Chris? Chris is the Premier of New South Wales. Oh, sorry, I keep muddling him up with, with the John Mins. John Mins, yeah. who is the Property Services Commissioner. Commissioner. Right, okay, sorry. Are they related? I don't think so. Okay. Maybe right. they are. I don't think so. Okay. Um, so we're going to talk about his war on NIMBYs and how it's affected one area of Sydney in in particular, because now that the government has finished building or digging these stations for the metro, they're now saying, all right, we want to build high-rises on top of them, which is smart Mm. for so many reasons, because people want to live next to transport or close to transport, and if they can just get in the lift in their apartments and go down a couple of extra floors and be on the platform for the metro. Seriously, I don't think anyone will be able to do that, but they're going to be close to transport. So, uh, mm, yeah. Makes perfect sense. Makes perfect sense. And we're going to talk about somebody that you've found who's coming from Canada to tell us how to live in apartment buildings. That's right, and make them much happier places. Mm. And, and we're just going to catch up a little bit, I promise, on an editorial in the Sydney Morning Herald about Airbnb. It seems like the mainstream press has finally caught up with us after all these years. I'm Jimmy Thompson. I write the flat chat column for the Australian Financial Review. And I'm Sue Williams, and I write about property for Domain. And this is a flat chat wrap. So Chris Minns, Premier of New South Wales, not to be confused with John Minns, has declared war on NIMBYs. What does that mean? Do you, do you have any clear idea of what that means? 
I can tell you what I think, okay. which is <laughs> that he's told local councils, because we, we've already covered this here, uh, local councils have basically been told to build a certain number of low to medium rise apartment blocks in their areas, and they have just kind of refused to do it because mm. they want to keep their areas pristinely low rise. And it's very easy to bow to public pressure, isn't it, and just say, yeah. no, we're not going to do anything. Yeah, and the government it doesn't have much in its armoury to deal with that. So mm. Chris Mintz has said, enough is enough. If you don't approve these high-rise apartment blocks, we will step in and do it. So, I think that's fairly reasonable. I mean, there's been a bit of this going on, uh, you know, because there's that thing of if if a project is worth over a certain amount of money, then the state government can take over planning mm. controls. But this sounds like a much more aggressive approach where he's mm. saying, well, look, we've got these provisions. We're, we're already there and we can use them, but here's what's different. We're going to use them. Yeah. I think that's fair enough. Look, none of us like change. We, we always have this knee-jerk reaction when anybody kind of starts talking about change, really. I know I'm terribly guilty of it. Whenever a program, a Microsoft program changes, I think, oh, my God, I hate this. Mm. Whereas other friends of mine say, oh, it's so exciting to see what, what the difference is really, going to be. Really? Yeah. Do they? They do. They do. It's amazing. Really? I, I don't understand it. But so when anybody is talking about building more apartments – or more medium density or more high density anywhere in your neighbourhood, I think it's natural that people just immediately say, no, we really don't want that, um, because they kind of want to preserve their, their own lives. But in uh, fact, That's exactly shown, what it is, yes. Research has shown that often after these um, developments have been built, people actually really quite like them because they can change the nature of a, a suburb for it, the better. Yeah. But that's one of the things that just struck me that these people who say, you know, we've got this lovely pristine area and we want to keep it the way it is. They Are they the same people who poison trees because they're in the way of their view? Just a thought. <laughs> I think that's a bit of a long bow mm, okay. to draw. I'm known for drawing long, bow, long bows. <laughs> so do you think this will be effective? I mean, we have heard all this before that... We have, but I mean, the fact that he's speaking out so loudly and clearly mm. about it, you know, I think it shows a certain amount of courage because um, yep. it's always a really unpopular position to take. So maybe, you know, he's thought it out very carefully. He's got a safe kind of majority. He's, he's mm -hmm. okay in Parliament. And there's no, not an election for another three, four years, mm. four years. So yeah. he's in a good position to try and do something. We've got so much homelessness Mm. It's just horrendous. We really need more homes. And people who want to buy homes for the first time, they need to have some homes to buy. Absolutely. Or um, rent. Yeah, absolutely. So we really need building to be kicked up a gear. So and what this has come to the fore recently, apparently, in Chatswood, where an area above the metro station has been earmarked for high-rises, and the local council have said, well, we've got enough, thank you very much. And the state government has said, well, this is our land and our planning rules apply to this. Mm. And so, uh, yeah, tough. Well, areas like Chatswood and areas like St. Leonard's, I mean, all, all these kind of 
places where there's a lot of infrastructure, there's great railway stations, there's good roads nearby, there's fantastic shopping, there's cafes and restaurants. These kind of areas are where people want to live. Mm. And they're the kind of places where they can support a bigger population. Mm. We don't want the greenfield areas to become, you know, high-rise conurbations, really. We, we mm. want people to be able to live close to work or within striking distance of work with, you know, good public transport. Those are the places that can support more people. And it's funny when you drive through these areas, you know, you go up to Chatswood and the, the centre of Chatswood has already has a few high-rise offices and apartment blocks. Mm. But you drive two streets away from the centre and you're back into mm, bungalows right. and cottages and yeah. and stuff. You know, it's almost like you're driving into the country when you when mm. you leave this this city centre. There's obviously room for a few more high rises there, which would all contribute to helping to solve the housing problem. Yeah, and a, a big complex of high rises went up there about 20 years ago, which was mm. the same time as the apartment building that we live in went up. Right. Yeah. And in in many ways, it was kind of. <laughs> It was the same developer. Mm. We had lots of problems with defects. They had lots of problems with defects as well. And people were, were protesting about their apartments mm. even then, about those being built. But everybody who went to live there absolutely loved it. Mm. And, you know, more and more people are trying apartment living and really like it. The good thing about high-rise apartments is they take up a smaller footprint. Mm-hmm. Um they have great views often, mm-hmm. um, and they can kind of exist on smaller infrastructure. Yeah. You know, yeah. they don't have to have so many lifts. They don't run roads. They don't mm, need economies of scale. Yeah, yep. yep, that's they right. They need lots and lots of roads leading and, to them. And if there's lots of offices in Chatswood as well, then maybe they'll be able to walk to work or they'll be able to cycle to work. Mm. So it'll put less pressure on the rest of the infrastructure. They don't maybe some of them don't have to go into the Sydney C B D. Maybe they work in the new North Sydney C B D. Well now that they've uh, kind of built the, the motorway that takes you away out of the city before heading north, so you don't have to go up that goat track towards Hornsby to get on the motorway up to Newcastle. I mean, that must Mm. change things around there Mm. a lot. Yeah, sure thing. So, uh, yeah, look, I think this is kind of a test case, I think, but I think we're going to see a lot more of this. And I think the government, if they're smart, and I've no reason to believe they're any stupider than any other government, they will say to local authorities, look, you can get involved in the planning if you want, and that will look after your citizens, your constituents. But if you don't get involved, we're still going to do it. Mm. So make your choice. Yeah, because some of those local councils may make um, applications to have more median density going um, over a larger area um, rather than really high-rise vertical Mm. living. Um, But, you know, they may have a big contribution to it to make. So it's Mm. important that they have a say. Absolutely, but it it would be nice but if, if they it get, wasn't negative. If they know? get very political about it, then the government should step in and say, look, you've had your chance. Mm. We gave you a chance to put your point of view and you've decided that you're just going to try and block and it. Put your head in the sand. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, tough. Mm. Uh, when we come back, well, we, we know that people in Queensland love being told how to run their homes and their apartment blocks. And I've... Canadian gentleman is about to put his head in the lion's mouth there because <laughs> he's coming to speak at a conference in Brisbane in which he is going to tell us all how to live in apartment blocks. That's after this. 
too. This lunatic coming from... He's not. He sounds fantastic. <laughs> well, he hasn't been properly informed about, about how things are in Queensland. <laughs> he's an urbanist right. and his name's Charles Montgomery and he lives in Vancouver, mm-hmm. which is one of the happiest cities in the world, according right. to all those surveys. Right. And um, he came up with this, this great idea a few years ago of building a building with 25 of his best friends and now all these families live in this building right. and they're really happy together. They do. They look after each other's kids. They, they actually become a real community. They look after each other's kids. Sounds like a commune. Well, maybe it is kind of a commune really, but, but they do have their own private apartments. But right. they do actually contribute to the social life and the fabric of the building. Right. And um, he's written a book called Happy Cities. And he's got an urban design team, also called Happy Cities. And um, he's talking about how you can build multi-family housing that works as what he says, a relationship machine or a friendship machine. Now, how nice would that be in an apartment building surrounded by friends? I've just been sick in my life. Oh, God, Jimmy, you're so cynical. But, you know, like we live in this apartment building. There's probably about 100 units here. 132. Okay. So probably about 260 people live here. Mm -hmm. And I probably know maybe 15 of them. No, you know more than that. Well, I don't regularly talk to... You probably don't know their names. You know their dogs. You know the dogs, yeah, (laughs) Yeah. exactly. Um, Well, dogs are great for creating community. It sounds a bit utopian. I mean, it's a nice idea. What's wrong with that? Well, is it it something you can plan for? Can you build a building and say, um, okay, we need uh, 25 families who know each other and get on with each other to move in? No, but you can design a building in a way that creates social spaces, like you have common lots of common spaces and amenity spaces, and you you may get to you have a common kitchen and dining room, and mm. you might all eat together a few times a week, mm. something like that. Well, this and is if some... you don't want to, you don't have to. But you know, for singles in the building, or for anybody who's a bit sociable, that's kind of a really nice thing to be able to do. So this it reminds me of two things. One is the two young women in North Sydney. Lane Cove was one of them, who put together a kit to help people to create communities because they noticed, I think they're both from Southeast Asia originally, or their families are, that there's no places in the buildings where residents can just hang out together. Yeah. You know, and and, uh, we've said this many times about, you know, people coming home from work late at night and and a lot of uh, cultures, they just like to get a cup of tea and go out Mm. in the lift lobby because that's the only place they can meet Mm. and talk about their day, which is really nice, apart from if you are not in that little group and you're trying to get to sleep in the the flat next door. And you want to get to know them. I mean, that's where Build to Rent is doing so well because they have so many common areas Mm. and amenity floors and things. It really engenders a sense of community and friendship there. And that one we saw near Olympic Park. Park. Yeah, they had a huge, like a commercial kitchen there. Yeah. So you could hire that or use that, but hire chefs and whatnot to come in mm. and, and actually have a proper catered party there. And there were lots of places. There were playground for the kids, mm-hmm. indoors and outdoors. Yeah. There were working spaces. There was a lounge. They shared a lot of their facilities with the apartment block next door, which yeah. was all either owner-occupied or rented from, that's right, from yeah. owners. So they can all get together there. Yeah. I think that's a really nice cross-pollination. Yeah. I, mean, I shouldn't be so cynical. No, um, you bloody shouldn't. All right. <laughs> I wish. What's his name again? 
Charles Montgomery. And he's speaking at what? Yeah, he's a keynote speaker at the 2023 Asia-Pacific Cities Summit in Brisbane, which is um, October the 11th to the 13th, which That's is kind of next, next week. week. Yeah. And he sounds like he's got an awful lot of interesting things to say. Mm. You know, they save a lot of money on childcare by looking after each other's kids. That's kind of nice. I mm. mean, I don't actually have any children in my life. And if I could babysit once a month or a couple of times a month, I'd quite enjoy that. I love kids' company, you know. I, and uh, they save a bit of money by eating together and cooking together. Yeah, yeah. It'd be great. Trading recipes, borrowing sugar. Um, <laughs> if anybody from from Brisbane is listening to this who's going to that conference, can you please ask Mr. Montgomery what he thinks about the pre-sale of management rights contracts? Because I think... I'd love to see that, just to see the look on his face as somebody explains to him what that is and how it works. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about Airbnb. We've been talking a lot about it, but things are starting to move. That's after this. So I think you did your column in the AFR this week, didn't you, about Airbnb? I did. Um, and I was kind of because I was incensed last week, and I think we spoke about it last week, about Q&A on the ABC and all the stupid arguments that there were about, you know, how the new tax in Victoria wasn't going to make any difference or it was either not going to make any difference or it was going to destroy society as we know it or whatever. Mm. You know, it was just mm. such a muddled argument. And I picked that up for my column. But then there was an editorial in the Sydney Morning Herald on the weekend, and it felt like, and I'm not claiming credit in any way, but it felt like it summed up a lot of the arguments that I've been putting up mm. um, over the past couple of months and the past several years. And one of them is that Airbnb and their ilk, like Stays and other, there are other, other platforms, have basically had a free reign for the past few years. And it's coming to an end because mm. we've got the tax coming in in Victoria. We've got the cap in Byron Bay. We've got the increase in rates in mm. Hobart. And overseas, various cities are bringing in rules. Mm. In Scotland, they're really cracking down. You've got to get planning permission. Mm. And your planning permission, they're saying, you know, it costs thousands of dollars and, and your planning permission will mean that you'll have to have proper fire safety and things like that. A lot of people are saying, well, shouldn't there be proper safety measures in these places? You know, well, hotels have to. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, if you've got people in an apartment, they don't know the apartment, they don't know the apartment building, they don't know where the exits are, they don't know how the smoke alarms work. Yeah, you'd better have safety Measures. Mm. So there's a lot of whining going on in, in Scotland. I say there's a lot in the Glasgow Herald pages. People are saying it's about time mm. because people yeah. are sick of tourists coming in and ruining their areas. Mm. So it was interesting to see in the Sydney Morning Herald that there was an editorial talking about this and saying that one of the arguments I've been using for a while is that these short term letting platforms came in, persuaded people to ignore planning laws because, you know, a lot of the apartment blocks in Sydney were built and they specifically said in their planning approval, you may not use this for short-term rentals. Mm. It was there. But as the editorial in the Sydney Morning Herald pointed out, councils did not have the wherewithal to police this because it all happened so suddenly mm. and there's no income from it. 
you know, you can police parking because people who park illegally pay fines and those yeah. fines pay for the parking police. Nobody is fining short-term lets for running their business and so there's nobody around who's being paid to yeah. check on them. Mm. In Barcelona, they have a very active uh, force that goes around and knocks on people's doors and says, are you a holiday rental? And people panic a bit and they say, no, we're not going to throw you out, but we just need to see a copy of your rental contract. Mm. And then they can go back to the apartment owner and say, you shouldn't be doing this. So it's turning, it's changing, it's interesting. It's, uh, yeah. I think people have, you know, it's, everybody's saying it's going to affect tourism. We've got hotels, we've got hostels, we've got a whole range of things. One of the things that disappoints me about Sydney, and I think you would probably agree with that, we travel, we've been to a variety of different styles of hotel. Is that not true? Yeah. And some of them are really great places to stay in. You don't mind paying a bit extra. Also, when you look at Byron Bay, I was talking to someone from Byron Bay today, and they were saying that a lot of the big homes, like the most expensive homes on the beachfront, yeah. there will be an exempt area. They will still be allowed to have, well, they will now be allowed to have Airbnb and stays yeah. for three 356 days really? a year. Yes. So they they actually will be going their rental cap will be going down down. Sorry. Oh they're, so, <laughs> so their so their cap is exempt. coming off. Yes, yes. Because most people say well those places aren't the ones that will be let out on long-term residential leases right. because they're far too expensive. Right. And they were actually set up for holiday leases. So they're so going to keep be exempt. They'll they're bring the tourist to trade in. Yeah. Yep. Um, whereas further back from the beach, yep. where it used to be residential housing, those are the ones where there's going to be this new more stringent cap. 60, ca 60 nights. Yeah, that's right. And I think that's fair in a way. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's still two months. Mm, it's or, a lot of time. Or if you if you have uh, it's six months, if you only rent it out at the weekends. Mm, yeah, sure. But but it's going to make a big difference, and it mm. it just needs to be some control. The various things that the governments have done in the past have been so weak. Mm. You know, that they've basically been open slather. Yeah. And we really need to have council jump list, really. I mean, we kind of, in New South Wales, we talked about it for so long, about zoning. We talked about policing the caps. We talked mm. about uh, making sure that people weren't kicking out other people so that they can have holiday rentals in. But nobody kind of really did anything. It became a huge talk fest and nothing really eventuated. I all remember vividly the uh, New South Wales government uh, inquiry into short-term holiday lets and the chair of the committee, whose name escapes me, he actually said in the preamble to the, the, the findings that there is no doubt that short-term holiday lets will affect people in apartments more profoundly than anyone else, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't actually say, but that's okay. But just skated over it. So mm. acknowledge the fact people in apartments would suffer more than mm. people in houses, obviously, but he didn't see any reason why they would change the laws for apartments. Mm. And that's how it's been in this state since we first moved here. Yeah, but things are changing. You've got more families living in apartments, more yep. people living in apartments for a lifestyle choice yep. rather than just um, a means to get a house. So I think our attitudes are changelessly towards and governments are catching up. Politicians are catching up as well. It's just the sheer volume of people. Isn't it? Mm, and thanks to you and another bunch of rabble rousers, we also have the Owners' Corporation Network, mm, who yeah. are given apartment residents 
and owners a voice, mm. which is something very special. All right. Thank you, Sue, for digging up all that information. And I know you're very, very busy at the moment. And thank you all for listening. We'll talk to you soon. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Flat Chat Rap podcast. You'll find links to the stories and other references on our website, flatchat.com.au. And if you haven't already done so, you can subscribe to this podcast completely free on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcatcher. Just search for Flat Chat Rap with a W, click on subscribe, and you'll get this podcast every week without even trying. Thanks again. Talk to you again next week.